We are right now uh, in, in a series about relationship goals. You and I were created for relationship. Uh, the Bible tells us, and it's our memory verse for the month. Jesus said in John 13, verse 34, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I think it was the Beatles who said, all you need is love. Anyway, that's what they... And so we need love, and it's wired, it's hardwired into you, and it's hardwired into you, it's hardwired into me that we are created for love and created for loving relationships. And so we've been talking about all things to do with relationships. We've talked marriage, we've talked friendships, and today we're going to be talking about sex. Come on, don't leave me hanging out here today at all. If you're excited about talking about sex, let's go. Just give me a shout right now. Put something in the chat. Uh, pray for me this morning and pray particularly for Kylie, who's our deaf interpreter this morning. <laughs> Just pray for her, her grace today. We love you. We love our deaf community. God bless you. So just recently we prayed. Uh, we prayed. We preached about marriage and I talked about different aspects of marriage. I encourage you, you can go back and watch that on YouTube or get the podcast. Talked about the, dif the difference between men and women. We're created different. And we have, we have similar needs, but we have different needs. There's, there's some things that are important for both of us, but are more important to the ladies. There are some things that are important to both of us, but they're more important to the men. There's certain things that are needs for women and needs for men. I'm not going to repeat the sermon. Go back and listen to it. Uh, for example, communication is really important to the girls. Is that right, girls? The girls have 20,000 words a day. The boys on average have, we have around 7,000. Okay, sometimes I've used them up by 10 in the morning. But it's just an indication we're wired differently and communication matters. And there's certain ways for us to lean into that, fellas, to meet those needs. Uh, for guys, sex is a very important need. Now, everybody it's important too, but particularly for guys, we're wired that way. Uh, research will sh has shown that men will think about sex uh, at least 19,000, uh, 19, 19 times a day. <laughs> That's just me preparing this sermon, okay? <laughs> Help me out. Someone asked me on the way in, will there be homework after today? I'm like... What you go home and do is, there's a lot of notes being taken right now. Guys, about 19 times. Girls, about 10 times. Now, you know, that can be varying, obviously, from person to person, but these are just general indications. So often, the church hasn't been renowned for talking about sex. The church has been renowned for just sort of saying, uh, at best, uh, just don't have it till you're married. Quick, move on to the next topic. But the Bible talks heaps about sex. It's all through the Bible. It's part of the way God's created us. And so I believe it's important that we don't just teach people how to say hallelujah. We, we teach people how to deal with when we get horny. Because that's just as important. I'm right. Come on, can I get an amen here today? All right. So I'm going to talk about four things. Stop elbowing your neighbor already, somebody. I'm going to talk today, Melbourne, about four things that the Bible tells us and teaches us about sex. So take some notes, all from the Bible. Let's talk about sex, baby. I know you might not have read, uh, there's a whole book in the Bible about how to please your wife. Like someone's like, I better get my Bible out. I didn't know that's a thing. 
All right, so the Bible's full of this stuff. Let's talk. So here we go. Number one, four things. Number one, sex is God's idea and it's awesome. Come on, somebody help me out right now. Sex is God's idea and it's awesome. Let's go right back to the beginning of time. Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28 says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Dot, 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 dot. I'm not, I don't need to go on anymore. Here's what I want you to know. When God created mankind, the first thing he did, he smiled at them and said, you're awesome. I am blessing you. I love you. I'm blessing you. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, this wasn't a horticultural instruction. This was not about find some lime trees and some lemon trees and plant some orange trees. He's talking about be fruitful. He's like, Adam, Time to get it on, son. Let's go. It's time. It's time. The horizontal tango, away you go, Adam. It's game time. And Adam's like, thank you, God. Look at her. Oh, my gosh. Bible says they were naked in the garden and they weren't ashamed. That, that was, they were, this was the, the, the original creation. Sex was a, a key part of how God created it. It's God's idea. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, says this, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Okay, I'm not going to do diagrams today. This is not a sex talk. This is just an overarching. This is, there's no how-tos. Okay, this, uh, there's other things. I'm going to recommend some books a little bit later on. But here, here's the deal. God cre- let, just, let's just say this. God created the bits. It was his idea. It wasn't like, oh, whoops, how did that happen? He created them that way. He created raging hormones. He created us to be one flesh. Come on, he created orgasms. That was all God's idea. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this in church. What, what the heck? No, it's true. It's all God's idea. So it's safe to say that in the Garden of Eden, there was a lot of one fleshing going on. It's, just, it's safe to say. There's a lot of one flesh. You just, just help me out here. Oh, I'm so glad my wife's here today for this preach. It's going to be so hard to do alone. So let's, let, let's I, I believe that sex is one of the greatest arguments against atheism. Come on, somebody. Really? How could it be that awesome and not be created by someone who loved us and designed it? Just saying. So we're going to have therapy here today. Are you ready for therapy? Just, just because, and, and we'll get to the other parts, but it really is important at the start that we go, sex is God's idea and it's good. So everybody, I want you to say this after me. Sex is God's idea. Just say it. Come on, Melbourne. Sex is God's idea and sex is good. This is therapy and I'm here to set you free. Dr. John is in the house. Let's go. All right. Number two. That's number one. Number two, the devil wants to distort the truth about sex. He wants to distort the truth about sex. John chapter 10, verse 10, this is Jesus talking about the devil, the first part. He says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, 
and destroy. The devil wants to destroy your world. He wants to pull you away from God. He wants to, he wants to mess up your life. But Jesus said, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in the fullness until you overflow. This is Jesus, the Son of God, telling us that God's purpose and design for you and I is an amazing life where we live it to the full. The other guy is trying to rob us and rip us off, but God has created you to live a full life. And just right at the outset, he's created you to do that in relationship with him. There are desires and wiring in your soul that will not be fulfilled with any other substitute or counterfeit. You're created for relationship with God. That means the, the, the best life you're going to live is out of a connection that's powerful and real and life-changing. You're created for relationship for, for God. So here's the deal. The devil will do whatever he can to draw you away from this amazing relationship that God's caused you to have. And he wants to distort the truth about sex. That's one of his strategies. Now, I don't know when you first heard about sex. I hope not this morning. Just, 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 you know. I'm not sure what, the, what it was for you, what the moment was. Uh, for me, sitting up the back of a school bus in primary school, the grade sixes, and I'm in grade four, pulled out the porn magazine and began to demonstrate and show stuff around. That was my first introduction to things sexual. Maybe you've had a similar experience. Maybe it was a bathroom at school. Maybe it was a, a kid or a, a boy or a girl from down the street. Maybe it was a pornos under your dad's bed or on, in the shelf. Maybe it was late night internet porn. Maybe something on Netflix. Maybe your cousin Joey thought he'd sit you down one day and just set you straight and give you all the rules about sex. Come on, who knows cousin Joey? Maybe it was something more sinister. Maybe your innocence was robbed in a way that was damaging and wrecked you on the inside. Maybe you're fortunate to be brought up in a home where your parents cared enough to tell you from the outset and begin the conversation about sex. It's not just the talk. It's a series of talks over a period of time. And the first thing to say in the talk is your friends think they know, but they don't really know. Let me set you straight. So often our first explanation or exposure or experience becomes the foundation for our world view. Maybe your experience has got you, that, that thing at the, at the start is like, well, sex is something that should be secretive and should be hidden. It should be out of, you know, it should be away and no one should know about it. Maybe that world view is that sex is shameful or it's disgusting. Maybe it's that worldview that out of that first experience or exposure that, well, women are just an object for my pleasure. They're not real people to connect with intimately. They're just someone to make me feel good and to meet my needs. Whatever it is, that worldview will leave you with all sorts of different things. And the devil's trick is to, to arouse a secretive sexual lifestyle at a young age because then it's hidden and bad things go on behind the scenes that we get a, a, a thrill from and it actually what rather than helping us, it hurts us and hinders us. 
80% of adolescents today will tell us they find out about sex, drug, and violence either from their peers, the television, or their internet. Uh, children 10 to 17, you know, this is just some, some recent figures, will see 143 sexual images a week on primetime TV, not like after 8.30. They're being bombarded with stuff. Uh, the, and of what they see on TV, they are three to four more times likely to see uh, sexual relationships that are outside of marriage. So the world and the devil and the media are trying to shape a sexual worldview right across the world that doesn't line up with the way the Creator designed us. And so we need to be careful. What often happens is that truth is distorted and suddenly we believe these sort of things. Well, you've got to try before you buy. Sex is just physical ple- pleasure. As, just as long as it's two consulting, uh, con- consenting adults, then it's all good if no one gets hurt. It's just, it's just physical, baby. Or it's shameful or it's dirty or, or it's a way for me to get what I want to withhold and manipulate. And so then we come to church and we hear, we hear this, this thought, oh, well, sex shouldn't be done before you get married. We're done now. And, we're like, and often we've got a worldview clash because our worldview has been so shaped by what we first experienced or were told. And that's gone deep down into us. Our, our subconscious has been seared with this worldview and reinforced by the world. And we come and we hear, well, apparently what God says about it. And now we're in a battle for a very important part of our lives, our sexuality. The devil wants to trick you into thinking that freedom is that you can have sex with whoever, whenever you want. You can hook up, you can DM, you can do all sorts of different things. And freedom is you being able to have at it to to as much as you want. He thinks that's freedom. That's the lie or the counterfeit. But ultimately, here's what happens. That freedom ends up ensnaring you. And it becomes a trap. And rather than it being awesome the way God designed it to be, it ends up trapping or ensnaring us. And then suddenly what started with a thrill, what started with a few moments of excitement, ends up dominating your life, causing you to lie to cover your tracks, never being satisfied, uh, driven and empty, using people for your own fleeting satisfaction, ruining lives and marriages and families. And this freedom ensnares us and that's what lots of good things will do money can do the same thing to you it's created to be good and to be a blessing but if it suddenly ensnares us it's going to ruin us the world puts sex on a pedestal but God says no I'm the one and the world tells you that it's sex that will make you happy it's sex that will fulfill you And anybody who's telling you otherwise is just trying to rip you off. But I'm telling you it's the other way around. It's God that will make you happy. It's a relationship with Him that will fulfill you. Nothing else will fill the hole in your heart that God created you for. Sex is awesome. But the devil's trying to rip you off the truth. So that's it. Number one, sex is God's idea and it's awesome. Number two, the devil wants to distort the truth about sex. Number three, now let's get to some real important truth. Sex is more than skin on skin. Okay, you, you, you've probably heard the song, You and Me Baby Ain't Nothing But Mammals. So let's do it like they do on Discovery Channel. Come on, who, who sang that back in the day? No, no, put your hand up. That's okay. That's, uh... 
the idea that, well, sex is just a physical thing is one of the greatest lies and traps. One of the greatest lies and traps. Jesus, of course, talked about sex because Jesus talked about all of life's issues. And this is what he said. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 6 to 9. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. There's that awesome one flesh thing again. Since they're no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. I want us to understand today that sex is not just a physical connection. It's not just skin on skin, uh, skin on skin. That sex is emotional and it's spiritual. And the Bible tells us when we have a sex, two people literally get joined to one, soul to soul, spirit to spirit, body to body. We get the physical part. But your soul, it, it, it's a, this connection happens and, and suddenly a bridge is formed between two people. Suddenly the issues that the partner has, has this bridge because of a legal right to get into my life. And suddenly uh, when someone sleeps with another person, the two are becoming one and there are withdrawals coming on and there are deposits going the other way. And I've talked to people and prayed with people and they're like, this is what happened. I felt like every time I slept with a different partner, I lost part of me. I gave away part of me. And yes, it was fleeting and it was exciting and it was, it was all of that. But at the end of the day, I got emptier and emptier and emptier. And I got more issues and more issues and more issues. That's because sex is more than just skin on skin. The one night stand, the casual hookup, friends with benefits, someone at work who's, who's hitting on you. You're like, oh, it's just physical. Mm -mm. I remember praying for someone who for years had battled with a physical condition and they heard me talk about this message, the idea that, that there is a spiritual connection that happens in sex and an emotional connection. You become one before God and therefore their issues become your issues. And that person had struggled for more than a decade and they were a Christian but they, they, and they'd said sorry about it. They'd struggled with more of the decade for a sickness or an illness that wasn't sexually transmitted but that person had. And along with it came friends like depression and anxiety and it wasn't until one day someone prayed for them and they said, okay, I've given a legal right for their issues to become my issues spiritually to connect to me. So I'm going to renounce that. I'm going to break that tie. And then I, can, I want you to pray for me. And instantly, after renouncing and breaking that connection spiritually, and you can do that, they got healed of decade of pain and torment and physical pain. It's the biggest lie in the world that sex is just physical. A moment of pleasure, pleasure means that you're going to carry issues, depression, worries, and be emotionally connected. If someone walked into this room who you'd slept with years ago, you would suddenly be, like all sorts of things would be going on. There'd be hormonal things, but emotionally you'd be wound up. Why? Because there's a soul connection. 
There's a spiritual connection. That's why people uh, hook up with old, old flames from Facebook from years ago because they never actually broke it off. They might have broken it off physically, but emotionally and spiritually they haven't, and it will cause damage. Are we doing okay here today? I want you to know the truth about it because the lie will rip you off and damage you. Sex is God's idea, and it's awesome. The devil wants to distort the truth about sex. Sex is more than skin on skin. And number four, sex is like a fire. Now, I like myself a good fire. I like to, to you know, get a bonfire going. I like to burn things off. I, I like to, you know, I like to get in a place where it's cold and I've got this beautiful little wood, wood fire, you know, the, the, pot, the, the pot thing with the, the door in it. What do you call that? The pot belly stove. Thank you. I really like that. Uh, it, it, you know, fire is incredible. Fire brings warmth. Fire brings heat. Fire is incredibly powerful. It can create electricity. Fire is an amazing creation by God. But when fire gets outside of boundaries, fire burns, fire destroys, fire ruins. I, I've, I've, been, I've seen this, just the fire thing, I personally, because I'm a little bit of a pyromaniac, I love to play with fire, and I have started the odd bushfire before, and the fire brigade came, and I got in a lot of trouble. So what started off, uh, my son uh, caught that, and at about three years old, lit some matches in his room at three in the morning and set his room on fire. You can't play with fire and not get burned. Jesus, uh, the Proverbs says this, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 26 and 29. Stay with me, Melbourne. I know it's quiet in the room, but stay with me right now. It says, Prostitutes re reduce a man to poverty, and an adulteress steals your soul. There it is. A withdrawal out of my soul. She may even cast you, uh, cost you your life. For how can a man light his pants on fire and not be burned? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Can he walk over hot coals of fire and not get blisters in his feet? What makes you can think you can sleep with another man's wife and not get caught? Though you realize you, you, you think you'll get away with it, don't you know it will ruin your life? You can't light your pants on fire and not get burned. Fire is awesome. It's incredible. It's powerful. It will enhance your life create warmth but if it's not within the boundaries and borders then people are going to get burned this is what happens when when the the fire of sex gets out of control brief pleasure but often devastation broken hearts divorce single parent homes disease abuse an inability to trust anxiety Self-loathing, isolation, numbness, coldness to God. When the fire of sex loses its boundaries, it becomes damaging. Households get ruined. Lives get ruined. It starts with the lie that it's freedom. It's just physical, but it ends up ruining people's lives. So what's the boundary that God wants? What's the, what's the pot belly stove? Come on. What's the, what's the border around the fire? Well, God makes it very clear in the Bible that it's marriage. 
a lifelong commitment of a husband and a wife put the boundaries around this thing called sex that's so powerful and can destroy. And then if, if you do that, this is what happens. Sex becomes a warmth component of your life. It's not everything. There'll be seasons in your life when there won't be a lot happening. And that's okay because it's not everything and it doesn't control you. You're committed to one another. Your attitude to sex when you're married is not, well, how can this make me feel good and what can I get out of it and, and I, I deserve this and this is my right. That's not my attitude. Our attitude is how can I, uh, what's the right word? Make this enjoyable for you. How can I add to you? How can I, uh, how can I pleasure you? That's the attitude, not what can I get out of it, not, not it's not my rights. Then when you're in that kind of relationship, you make a decision, well, we're not going to look at porn because that's a counterfeit. And that's only going to cause us to compare ourselves to others and end up with disappointment and frustration. And we're not going to, we're not going to compare our sex life to the movies because if we watch the movies, we think every time we have sex, it's going to be earth-shattering. It's going to be mind-blowing. It's going to be unbelievable, but it's unrealistic. That's why you need a marriage. In the commitment of marriage, you can kind of have a laugh every now and then. You can go, all right, okay. Apparently, giving a score out of 10 is not a good idea afterwards. <laughs> Just saying. Apparently. Not that I've done that. That's just a tip for the young, the young husbands or wives right now. But it's okay because you're committed and you're going to get another go because you're married. You don't have to perform. It's not, you're not under pressure. You're committed. And the most important part of your sexual life is emotional and spiritual intimacy. The greater your emotional and spiritual intimacy, the greater the sex will be. And statistics will prove that. And I'm not going to quote that here today. It's a beautiful thing, a spiritual covenant before God that He blesses, an emotional connection that we have. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, does it all come naturally? No, you have to work at it. A lifetime of working on it's a beautiful thing. In fact, I want to just give us some resources today because sometimes, sometimes we just sort of presume we're going to know how to make it work but doesn't necessarily work that way. So I'm going to put three books up on the screen. Two for everybody, one for married people. Okay, here we go. So the first one, Every Man's Battle. This is, this, this, I've read this book. There's a whole series of these, Every Young Man. I would recommend every man to read Every Man's Battle. It's basically how do I deal with the fire? What do I do with that horniness on the inside? How do I? Because so, some people, you know, I talk to people before they're married and they'll say to me, oh, well, when I get married, all of my sexual problems will go away. I'll have sex on tap. It'll be incredible. I'm like, hmm, got to learn to deal with that fire right while you're single, buddy. Okay, and girls. Every man's battle, every woman's battle. Uh, researched, excellent material. And then... Uh, Sheet Music is a great book for married couples who want to invest in your sex life, which I highly recommend. I'm seeing some cameras out. That's awesome. Some, some notes being taken very quickly right there. Uh, for, those, for those of you single, Toby, a week before you get married, you can read every, you can read Sheet Music. Just put it off until then. Don't, the Bible says don't awaken love until it's time. 
Are we doing all right here this morning? So here's the thing. Uh, and I, I want to read this. I think I put this scripture in here. No, I missed it. The Bible talks in Hebrews about the marriage bed and keeping the marriage bed pure. It's God's gift to us. Oh, here we go. We've got it. Continue to remember those in prison. No, not, not, not that one. <laughs> that could get really weird really quickly. <laughs> no, not moving that alone. Come on, John. Pastor, behave yourself. Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. There is a cost to immorality, which is essentially sex outside of a marriage between a man and a woman. It, it has a price tag. It has a cost. And don't let the devil or the world deceive you in thinking that it doesn't. It will, there will be some cost. Let's keep the marriage. I love the idea of elevating marriage and honoring marriage. It's important to God. It's God's idea and it's God's creation. So I want us to close our eyes together right now. Melbourne, those of you online, why don't you close your eyes right now? Father, I'm praying today in this series, in this message here on the Sunshine Coast, in Melbourne, on, online. Lord, this message will be doing all sorts of different things in different people. Those who have had painful experience as children and their worldview has been corrupted about sex. I pray that today as the light shines, that the journey to healing would begin. Lord, for those who have had the wrong idea about sex, maybe even from a religious upbringing, set us free. I pray for your healing, your strength. I pray for marriages to prosper. I pray for great sex lives in marriages, God. Life-giving. I pray for healing of hearts. I pray that we can surrender our hearts and our lives to you. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.